After a long, quiet period in her life, Tony Childs re-emerged to everyone's surprise one evening at an open mic night in Canada. And now she's back full force. These days, she's an environmental activist as well as a social campaigner. She's now married to her husband, Mick, a composer and filmmaker in Byron Bay after a long time living in Hawaii. Tony, aloha. Aloha. (laughs) (laughs) I figure it's a familiar greeting for you. Um, It's an interesting lineup on this tour. Uh, your show, no surprise, because you you know you've been an installation artist along with your other talents. Your show's quite ambitious visually. It's all a beautiful noise is the concept. I think. Can you describe it for us? Yes. Well, I'm celebrating the pollinators on the planet. In 1997, I was diagnosed with Graves' disease, a hyperthyroid condition that would take more than a decade out of my life. And 19 years between albums, I had mercury in my drinking water. I was allergic to chlorine in my drinking water and to sulfates and toothpastes and shampoos and, uh, and pesticides that had gotten into my system, which created, really burnt out my immune system, right? That's all really good now and everything, but we're kind of, pollution is kind of an issue on our planet. I've got three productions that are rolling out. I'm giving underwater concerts for whales and dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> And starting out of the gate is, it's all a beautiful noise. And I've got this really great new music that's rolling out this decade. It's like a reset. It's super positive. It's uplifting. I feel like it's kind of what we really need. And uh, people feel loved up. I feel like (laughs) I really actually love Pollinator. (laughs) Love Pollinator. I know you like bees. There have been constant environmental themes in your work, you know, celebration, as you say, of the planet's women, concern for domestic violence. And Reef 360, can you tell us a little bit more about that for those who don't know about your underwater concert plans? Because I know you've been underwater already. Yeah, so Reef 360 is, um, we're going to film for two months in the water surrounding Australia, um, where there's, you know, I have a... And I'm going to sing to whales and dolphins, right? And we're going to film it for a 45-minute 360 film that will travel in a 15-meter dome in, uh, to 80 regional towns over five years across Australia, bringing the ocean and ocean initiatives and education um, to regional towns across Australia. I'm working with Great Barrier Reef Legacy, who have created a biobank with another uh, other two organizations where they're harvesting coral species in the Great Barrier Reef so we can protect them and keep them and save them and retransplant them after we understand what we need to do to cool down the reefs and keep them alive. So this gives 80 regional towns the opportunity to also take care of actual coral species in their town. And and Reef 360, our touring uh, venture, will actually pay for the servicing and all the things, the tank, the saltwater tank, and all the things to take care of those reefs, but creating a network of care. You've actually invested your own money. You've invested about 150k into all the gear required. And yeah, all, yeah. $20,000 bubble helmet, <laughs> custom speakers so the whales can actually hear me sing. And yeah. What I really liked about that was that it's, you're singing to the sharks. You know, we all love whales and dolphins, but you're also singing to the sharks, aren't you? Yes, 
Well, to all that beautiful wildlife in there. Which is lovely. You know, you tackle serious subjects, but you are obviously good at finding joy as well. You don't stop trysting with life at all, do you? I mean, you are actually a positive person. You know what? I made a commitment to myself that I would never allow my heart to go bitter. And there's been times, you know, life is being born in a body. You know, life is not for the faint-hearted. It is a full-on ride here on this planet <laughs> Earth. And, and um, But I always made that promise to myself. And sometimes it's been hard, you know, to just, like, stay the course, right? And But I have my music, which has been really great, a way for me to sing myself, soothe myself, and and use it as a way to sing how I'm going to hold this challenge or whatever. It's I, That's how I've used music for myself, and then it's it's actually affected other people in the same way, which I'm so grateful. That voice of yours, so many really good singers are nevertheless like other really good singers. Where did that singularity of voice come from, that unmistakable Tony Child's voice? Did you, did you engineer that, or was it just always there? Well, I think the way that I did engineer it is that I always wanted to have be my own voice. And that was really, from a very young age, I had that. I don't know why I had that, <laughs> but it was, you know, maybe I was pre-programmed. I don't know. But I just, I just wanted to, I wanted to have my own voice. I didn't want to sound like anybody else. I wanted to sound like me. Well, it worked. You know, the (laughs) (laughs) it worked in spades. The problem with researching someone is that you find little rabbit holes you go down. Can I just, uh, apropos of nothing, can I ask you what a hallelujah pie is? (laughs) A hallelujah pie is a moment when everything seems to just add up, right, in just the best way. And... This is a hallelujah pie moment, you know. I think we all have them, but I just came up with that. I remember when I when I met Mick, when we first met and everything, I said, I'm going to make a pie called Hallelujah Pie. It was a berry pie to celebrate meeting you and how I feel about you. And it's the hallelujah pie moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, much has been made in media of how you and your three brothers weren't allowed to listen to pop music or rock or even go to the movies uh, in your family. You know, you seemed to crisscross America as well when you were young, and then you ran away at 15. Can I ask you, are you still in touch with family? Has all that kind of healed? It has. I mean, people change through time, right? At one point, if a woman to wear a mini skirt, do you remember that? You know, yeah. so I yeah. had I was going, you know, had to like wear dresses below my knee and all of that kind of stuff right all that stuff ended up changing my mom changed her ideas things evolve over time my mom had her own version i mean she continues to be a very devout christian and through her whole life she's i'm the granddaughter of two missionary families there were things that didn't really add up to me when i looked at the whole world there are a million names for 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 God, right? And this idea and concept of something greater than ourselves. And yet, all of those different names, I don't know why we fight over a name or an idea, because 
every culture comes up with a beginning, a story, a Genesis story, all of these different stories to try to make sense of our world, right? Mm. And they're all stories. But then people want to fight again, fight each other over them or make other people do what they do and try to control the world around them. And the thing is, is that I feel like with something greater than us, it's so unlimited that our our little minds can't really understand that 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 something like the idea of a God mind would never be to me that limited as to say one version is the version, the ultimate version on such a diverse planet. It's like trying to get the birds to all believe one thing. <laughs> Given our propensity as a species for squabbling, then, how much hope do you have for the planet right now on a scale of 1 to 10, Tony? I have great. We've lasted millenniums on this planet, you know, not without great destruction. But I do believe in us, and I, I mean that quite sincerely because I think about it. And I feel like the music that I'm adding this decade and the things that I'm doing add to the positive vibrational frequency of this planet, which is needed. And I'm calling on other artists that are out there as well and other human beings to pollinate that with me because (laughs) we just really need that. Well, there'll be great vibrational frequencies when you come here. All your fans will... (laughs) All your fans have been missing you. Uh, can I just ask you, what's so great about Byron Bay as a place to live for those of us who've never been there? So for me, it's the land. So I was touring, and, you know, you're on a conveyor belt. Didn't really know Australia, even though I toured here. You go into the cities, you go here. And then we started. I started touring into regional towns, and, and then I'd be on a bus, and someone would be driving. But every time I came into the Shire... I knew, I was like, is this that Byron Shire? Because I could feel it. And I have a connection with land, like the land that I was living on, on the beautiful island of Kauai, Hawaii. My ancestors are, you know, on my mother's side, Yaki Native American Indian from northern Mexico, Druids on my father's side. So I think that the the lineage of shamans and other kinds of things which really make you close to the land... I must have got some of that, like you get blue eyes instead of brown eyes or something from your family. And that's just opened me to that kind of sensitivity. And the rolling hills and the views that I have from where I live, I see no houses. I just see rolling hills and it, it's camphor trees. It looks exactly like the island of Kauai. It feels like it for me. And so, I don't know, it's a gift. And- uh- where I belong. I've heard other people talk about instant identification where they, when they've landed, arrived somewhere. So it's interesting that it, that happened to you. Look, I know your time's limited, so I'll just thank you very much and say how much everybody's looking forward to your tour here. Thank you.